0: This is Free Talk Live. It is the Tuesday edition. We're kicking off our number one of the show. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Everything on the site, totally free. That, again, freetalklive.com. So... um Let's start things out here with marijuana, Mark, because I don't think so. Not for me. There's a couple. We're not going to smoke the marijuana, but there's a couple of marijuana ballot measures, actually more than a couple, I think, across the country tonight here, as uh, many of Americans are going out to vote today. I don't have any sort of preliminary results on any of this yet, but I'm sure we'll bring you anything interesting maybe later tonight or definitely on tomorrow night's show as far as how the marijuana ballot measures go. But in that uh, in that vein a story from new york in the uh, the ap reporting here in a city where you can get just about anything delivered to your door groceries dry cleaning chinese food pot smokers are increasingly ordering take out marijuana from drug rings that operate with remarkable corporate style attention to customer satisfaction oh my and, and now if anybody has seen the movie uh, um was it it wasn't high times it was uh, the movie in the mid 90s with Jim Brewer in it, Dave Chappelle, and I'm I'm spacing on the actual name of the film. I, I'm not the one to be able to answer these sorts well, of things. Well, they, uh, they have a marijuana delivery man in that
1: particular movie. Okay.
0: And so they're for
1: real. An untold number of otherwise law-abiding... Well, isn't the way to, um, if, if you are a marijuana delivery man or a marijuana uh, purveyor, mm-hmm. isn't the way to avoid getting caught to... Uh, go to someone's house as a, as opposed to um, allowing people to come to your house? Certainly a, a a good idea. I mean, it seemed, you know, I mean... You could if, still get caught, it's just they won't know where you live. Right. I mean, that way they can't bust in your door at 4 a.m. or um, 6 a.m. or whatever time it is that they're going to do it, because they usually generally do these things in the morning. Exactly. So an untold number of otherwise
0: law-abiding professionals in New York are having their pot delivered to their homes instead of visiting drug dens or hanging out on street corners. Among the legions of home delivery customers is Chris, a 37-year-old salesman in Manhattan. What I really like about this article, as you're going to see, is it highlights some of the typical marijuana smokers in America. People who are productive individuals. They have jobs. They uh, go to work during the daytime. They get their, take care of their responsibilities, and they, they smoke some marijuana at nighttime. I think that's why this is really a valuable article, besides looking into... Or maybe on the weekends. Besides uh, looking into the business, or whenever. He dials a pager number and gets a return call from a cheery dispatcher who takes his order for potent strains of marijuana. Within a couple of hours, a well-groomed delivery man, sometimes a moonlighting actor or chef, arrives at the doorstep of his Manhattan apartment carrying weed neatly packaged in small plastic containers. These are very nice, discreet people, says Chris who spoke to the Associated Press on condition that only his first name be used there's an unspoken trust it's better than going to some street corner and getting ripped off or killed though i don't know how often people are getting
1: bumped off as a result of a marijuana deal well if it's your job to do the, uh, to be the delivery service you certainly want to make the uh, the other competitors look dangerous this this man is a customer
0: not the delivery service okay. man uh, the phenomenon isn't new. It has been long the case around the country that those with enough money and the right connections could get cocaine or other drugs discreetly, deli- uh, discreetly delivered to their homes and places of business. But experts say home delivery has been growing in popularity thanks to a shrewder corporate style of dealing designed to put customers at ease and avoid this uh, the messy turf wars associated with other drugs. I don't know why they keep labeling it as corporate style. Is... Uh, Do you have to be a corporation to engage in customer service? Really, it's more of a customer service oriented thing than it is anything else. It's not corporate, per se. I mean, a mom and pop business isn't necessarily corporate. Maybe they're trying to draw up pictures of Starbucks
1: or something like that.
0: I I guess. Uh, Anyway, it's certainly been the trend in the past 10 years in urban areas that are becoming gentrified, said Rick Curtis, an anthropology professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice who specializes in the drug culture. The corporate model and its profit potential were demonstrated late last year when the DEA, Drug Drug Enforcement Administration, announced that it had taken down a highly sophisticated organization dubbed the Cartoon Network. And, in fact, on this article, which, as always, we'll post on the bulletin board system, they actually show the, uh, the, I guess, a photo of Cartoon Network's products. And, indeed, the marijuana buds come in hard plastic containers as opposed to kind of the industry standard uh, baggy. Yeah. So it's they're. Yeah. So um, so paying a little bit extra for packaging in this particular case uh, with a little note. With uh, the hamburglers picture on it. Our number has not changed. Happy holidays from your friends at Cartoon. And remember to make sure your
1: bag is sealed. Cartoon Network. So they leave a little calling card in there with their product. Now, I wonder how um, it would seem like the easiest way to catch these people would be the telephone number. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a landline, they can trace it to whomever. Um, I wonder if they're using a cell phone with the prepaid minutes deal that not they buy. Sh- not sure. There is a hint to
0: that here in a, in a little bit, Mark. Uh, The corporate model, let's see, so DEA agents arrested 12 people using wiretaps and surveillance and making undercover buys. Authorities estimated that since 1999, the ring made a fortune by delivering more than a ton of marijuana, some of it grown hydroponically without soil, in the basement of a Cape Cod-style home on 10 acres in Vermont, where an informant uh, reported the smell of the crop was overpowering. The dealers, working out of a roving call center processed 600 orders a day. So it almost sounds like they did have a cell phone and it was in a van or something, just sort of going from point to
1: point. Well, it seems to me that uh, the best thing to do with it is um, to get one of those cell phones with prepaid minutes, and then they don't know who is calling. From doctors, they got 600
0: orders a day from doctors, lawyers, Wall Street traders, even on Christmas, investigators said. Authorities refused to give names, but in one conversation overheard last October, a courier boasted about the ring's upscale clientele, according to court papers. Quote, we know comedians, we know celebrities, the courier said, so you might even meet a rapper or a singer. We go to a lot of people. And I think it's really important to uh, reiterate, doctors, lawyers, Wall Street traders. Well, that's these what they are say. The, I mean... These are, What do you mean that's what they say? You believe that you don't
1: think doctors, lawyers, and Wall Street traders smoke pot too, Mark? I think that they're um, probably a smaller percentage, and I think that they're outlining their... um, What makes
0: you believe they're a smaller percentage? Based on what
1: evidence? uh, Empirical. Can you explain what that means? That means that, uh, you know, what I've seen in my life. Yeah? Yeah. I've seen doctors and lawyers, and some of them smoke pot, but few.
0: How many of them would have been honest with you about their pot smoking habits? Of all of the doctors and lawyers you've known, however, however many there are. I'm in radio. If you're,
1: if you're sitting People in, always think you smoke pot if you're in radio.
0: If you are sitting in an office with a doctor and you're seeing him for doctor purposes, I don't think he's going to share those things with you.
1: I travel in different circles than you do,
0: my friend. One former customer named Lucia uh, Lucia A 30-year-old employee at an entertainment cable network recalled blatant deals done at the company's Manhattan headquarters. Executives and employees alike would pool their orders as if they were buying lunch together. Then await the arrival arrival of a courier, Lucia said. Now there you go, Mark, an entertainment cable network with executives and employees all buying together. I don't doubt that. The cost was $60 for one plastic case holding 2 grams of marijuana, a steep markup. Wow. But uh, worth it because of the convenience and the quality. 2 grams for 60 bucks. Yep, that's $30 a gram. That's that is uh, pretty pricey. She says it was kind kind bud, yummy stuff. The emphasis on customer service and satisfaction was evident at one stash house where agents found more than 30 pounds of marijuana in plain view. Already packaged for holiday delivery, court papers said. The packages featured the Drug Rings cartoon character logo and the greeting, Happy Holidays from your friends at Cartoon. The obviously just a violent, violent group of criminals involved here. John Neville, the operation's alleged mastermind, should have been the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, said his attorney. Instead, Nebel, who's awaiting trial, could get a minimum of 10 years in federal prison if convicted. Prosecutors are also demanding the forfeiture of $22 million in cash, homes, cars, and motorcycles, and a boat owned by him and his cohorts. I just think this is a tragic story, Mark. I, I would agree that This it's... man is a hero. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. He is a hero. He's a businessman. He is a, a man who brought a product... To a demanding marketplace under the threat of arrest. As far as I'm concerned, he is a very heroic and brave man. Okay. At Lucia's workplace, he's in, been
1: rewarded financially for his heroism.
0: Uh, no, not with the the feds threatening to take it all away from him. Well. At Lucia's workplace, employees were bummed by the news of Neville's bust, but worries that the office uh, worries the office might get raided evaporated. Another dealer stepped in, though their product doesn't hold up to cartoons. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on uh, marijuana delivery men or whatever you want to talk about. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll free line for you. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Everything on the site, we give it away, including uh, live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both for your listening convenience for free at freetalklive.com. And you need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Projects Liberty Forum. Get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum and come hear a speech by John Stossel entitled Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event starts on February 23rd going through the 25th Early bird discount is available now, but only for a limited time. So get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. So we're talking about a, a unique form of drug dealing, as opposed to what you typically see in the movies of, you know, somebody going out to a dark street corner and, meeting up with some shifty character or going to a crack den or whatever and hanging out with just a bunch of trashy people. According to this story from the AP, in New York City and in other uh, more, I guess, metropolitan areas, though I suppose it can, this could go on anywhere, there are delivery services staffed by professional-style people that – take orders. They've got apparently some sort of a dispatcher. This operation apparently was doing 600 deals per day. So they had multiple delivery men that they would employ in order to actually, you'd call up, you'd give your order to the dispatcher. She would pass your order on to one of the delivery men, and they would come by your residence or place of business and deliver marijuana to you. Unfortunately, the organization has been busted at this point, or at least one of them has been, And now this guy is facing uh, some pretty severe penalties, uh, possible federal minimum, mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years in federal prison. That's not so cool. No Confiscation of his $22 million in stuff, which isn't very nice. And all of this because he decided to fill a a demand. He decided to step in and and actually help protect the consumers in this particular case. Because uh, we had a, was it a call, I think, from uh, one of our listeners in Sweden, I think. He had gone to purchase some marijuana. He he didn't go out to, to buy marijuana very often, but he wanted to go and get some. And so he went to a club and managed to find somebody that he could supposedly buy marijuana from and gave him the money and he gave him the stuff. And it turned out to be a bag of oregano mm. that he had just spent $200 on. And now he doesn't know where to find the guy. The guy took off and ran or whatever. He's gone. He, he, he fooled him. You know, It was a dark alleyway. So he got ripped off. So in the case of the, the marijuana delivery people, or cocaine, or whatever the drugs are that that are being delivered, they're actually doing their clients a favor and helping keep them safe from the side effects
1: of the black market. So as far as I'm concerned, they should be applauded uh, for what they're doing. Well, I'm, it's certainly a market demand, and, and somebody's feeling it, and I think that's great, but... Um... You know it's unfortunate that they're going to get arrested because they did know
0: that they were taking a risk.
1: That's for sure it's difficult to imagine that I don't know It's hard for me to imagine that you can stay in the business for a long time, especially doing some advertising um to a small extent that's what they' they were at least doing marketing,
0: yeah, they were including little calling cards essentially
1: with their uh, with their product. It's hard to imagine um for me that you would stay in business for a long time. you know
0: good point. I mean, I think the longer that you stay in that business, the more the odds increase. Uh, that your time's running I out. I would agree with that. So just a few more, the more thoughts. More cops hear your
1: name. That can't be a good thing.
0: Just a few more thoughts here on this from the AP. Uh, the the final details. Investigators seized customers' names and addresses from the drug operation's computer logs, but those people face little risk of prosecution, authorities said. Now, why do you think that is? I mean, they've got they had 600 deals a day. They must have uh, they must have thousands of addresses. I mean, some people probably call on a you know every-other-day basis, but some people are once a week. Some people are once every couple of weeks. There's probably at least 2,000, if not 2,500 names and, and addresses in that database if they were doing 600 deals a day. Do they take names, or do they just get addresses? Uh, well, they probably have first names, I would guess, mm-hmm. and they definitely have addresses because it's a delivery
1: service. Yeah, you're going to have to do better than that to convict me. Well, uh, I mean, maybe if it's coming to your house and it's Mark. But, yeah. uh, if it's coming to my business like they had outlined in that story, mm-hmm. and it's for Mark by you know there's Mark here by I, if you're it, the only mark in the building that doesn't know Mark is a very common name, I don't know man anyway the the reason they're not going after the and I wouldn't have given my real name anyway. The reason they're not going
0: after the clients is because they're just not worth going after That's i mean they true. they spent you know months doing undercover work to bust this particular cartoon network, as it was called. That was the name of the delivery service. But they've got a bunch of little, you know, small-time clients who are picking up uh, two grams or whatever. They said in, earlier in the article two grams was 60 bucks. So you've got a bunch of small-timers. Those guys aren't worth going after. You don't have the evidence. You don't have, as you pointed out, you don't have very much evidence. And so it's not really worth uh, the effort in that particular case. These guys want the big boys, uh, the the DEA. They want the uh, the the players. They want to move up the chain, not down the chain. So that and that's why they were talking about where they found the grow op was in Vermont. Apparently the apparently the entire delivery service was all uh, they 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 had it all under one roof. They had the grow operation, they had the delivery service. So it wasn't as though they were buying from elsewhere. They had they had their own setup essentially. So all sort of self contained. Anyway, authorities... so there would be the way to make profit. Yeah, so there was no way for them to go up in the chain. Uh, authorities conceded that the home delivery trade will probably survive because of the high demand for marijuana and the low penalties for dealing it. The DEA is suggesting that they, the, the penalties are too low for dealing marijuana. This man's facing 10 years in prison. How much time would he have gotten if he'd murdered somebody? More than that, but um, I wouldn't call it low. Uh, Well, some I've seen cases, uh, some cases where uh, people are engaged in violent crime, where they've gotten far less than ten years.
1: Maybe not murder, maybe rape. I would agree that violent crime would get you. um, Some violent crimes would certainly get you less. But they're saying that this is oh, this is uh, too low. These penalties. We need to increase the.
0: If we would just increase the penalties, then people would stop dealing pot because in Thailand nobody nobody sells pot there, right? Because there's a death penalty for marijuana sales in, Th- I think it's Thailand, it's one of the uh, Asian countries. Sounds like Singapore, but just Singapore guess. for sure, I believe, uh, is a death penalty. They'll chop your head off for anything there. Do you think you can buy marijuana in Singapore? I would imagine you could. I bet you you can. In fact, the more that the, uh, the authorities increase the penalties for marijuana sales, the more risky the business becomes. And therefore, the Higher more prices. profitable. Exactly, because if you're taking if you're taking a risk at 10 years in jail versus 25 years in jail versus you know life in jail, uh, you're going to increase prices uh, according to the amount of risk that you're taking. It's not
1: going to go anywhere. There are millions of people in this country demanding this product. Yeah, under you know, at, and and worst case scenario, somebody's going to um, start growing it if they want it that badly, mm-hmm. and then they're going to know a few friends. And they're going to distribute it to those few friends. And then, you know, that's how it all starts.
0: Under state law, most marijuana offenses are not treated as very significant crimes, says the city's special narcotic prosecutor. They have a, uh, in New York City, a prosecutor devoted to drugs. What a scumbag. That's why you see marijuana delivery services proliferating. Their exposure is slight. So just kind of an interesting glimpse into the underground, who the customers are. I the wouldn't customers. say the
1: exposure is slight, though.
0: The customer is uh, the customer base is everybody, from the poor to the wealthy. Anybody who can pick up a phone and order it. 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. You can pick up your phones and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Coming up. Uh, North Korean attack plans? We'll find out what that's all about. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go, everything there, totally free. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list, and you can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com.
1: That, again, is updates.freetalklive.com. Looking for some passionate political talk that doesn't sound like it was written by flax from the Democrats or the Republicans? Check out Common Sense with Dan Carlin and see why he's popular with Free Talk Live listeners. It's loud, fast, and smart. Get the podcast from iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. That's dancarlin.com.
0: Indeed. So let's go across the seas to North Korea.
1: What's going on, Mark? Well, um, we're. this is more Washington than North Korea, but, you know, it, it has to do with North Korea. The Pentagon has stepped up planning for a um, for attacks against North Korea nuclear program and it's bolstering nuclear forces in Asia said defense officials uh, familiar with the highly secret it's nuclear process. nuclear yes, I know I got it wrong. The officials speaking on condition of anonymity said the accelerated military planning includes detailed programs for striking at North Korean plutonium processing facility at Yang Buan, and uh, special operations commando raids or strikes with Tomahawk cruise missiles or other precision-guided weapons. The effort, which has been underway for several months, has given new impetus by Pyongyang's underground nuclear test on October 9th and growing opposition to nuclear program of Kim Jong-il's communist regime, especially by China and South Korea. A Pentagon official said the Department of Defense is considering various military options to remove the program. Other than nuclear strikes, which are considered excessive, thank goodness, there are several options now in place. Why are they doing this? Didn't Kim Jong il sort of back down after that whole thing happened? Didn't he say he was sorry or something? No, like that? he didn't. Not that I know of. I saw headlines on Drudge about that. Well, how sorry could he be? I don't know. I mean, if he did it. I'm I sorry. Don't know. Oh, I'm sorry I did it. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I don't know if it's a good idea to go over and just blow up a bunch of radioactive material. I would agree with that. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's a good idea to attack them, but I don't think that Kim Jong-il is sorry in the least. No, probably not. Um, Planning has been accelerated. A second senior defense official privy to the effort said the Bush administration recently affirmed its commitment to both South Korea and Japan and that it would use U.S. nuclear weapons to deter North Korea, now considered an unofficial nuclear weapons state. We will resort to whatever force levels we need to have to defend the Republic of Korea, the uh, nuclear deterrence is in place, said a senior official who declined to reveal what nuclear forces are deployed in Asia. Other officials said, of course, I mean... Why, why can't they just take things? care of their damn selves, the Who's South it? Koreans and the Japanese? I, I would imagine the South Koreans would probably be, uh, you know, like the, the North Koreans would invade and, and take them over. But, uh-huh. um, so? Yeah, that's kind of how that's I feel about should it. should be too. their business, not ours. You I, had, of, I feel sorry
0: for them and everything,
1: but... Uh, why, why are we involved in all of this crap? I don't think that you can give freedom away. I don't think that uh, it can be done. I think that people have to fight for it themselves. If they want it badly enough, they can fight for it. If they don't, they won't have it. I agree. Other officials said the forces um, include bombs and air-launched missiles stored in Guam, a U.S. island in the Western Pacific, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, um, that could be delivered by B-52 or B-2 bombers. Nine U.S. nuclear missile submarine, submarines regularly deployed in Asian waters from Washington State. The official said one military option calls for teams of Navy SEALs or other special operations commandos to con- conduct covert raids on Young's plutonium processing facility. The commandos would blow up the facility to prevent further processing of spent fuel rods, which provides... The how material. are they
0: going to get commandos in, inside North Korea? Well, I guess... Fly so. them in? Well, you don't think they have surface-to-air missiles? H- how are they going to get commandos inside the um, the missile base or whatever, inside this North Korean uh, processing facility?
1: Well, that's, that's what these guys do for a living. I would
0: assume that they can do it. Uh, yeah, I understand that North Korea doesn't have a lot of power and everything. I know that you've seen that little... Uh, the the picture of North Korea at night compared to South Korea at night, and there's mm-hmm. just no lights on anywhere. I don't think that means that their military facilities are without power. Oh, I would imagine and
1: they have plenty of electricity.
0: I I think that uh, I think this is a lot of saber rattling, and I don't know how much of it's really going to be the. I mean, how much even if they if they went through with these plans, I don't know how much of them would be successful. Well, because it sounds awfully how about this
1: optimistic. One? Second option calls for strikes by precision-guided Tomahawk missiles on the reprocessing plant um, from submarines or ships. The plan calls for simultaneous strikes from various sides to minimize any radioactive particles being carried away in the air. Um, That makes me feel better. So you blow up one bomb on one side and another bomb on the other side, it'll protect you from the particles. Yeah, maybe it'll just all blow it into the ground. (laughs) Sure. Um, Planners estimate that six Tomahawk missiles could destroy the reprocessing plant and that it would take five to ten years to rebuild. It looks like we're, um, you know, we, we certainly have plans in place. I, it doesn't make and this me is feel all, good. They,
0: now, they're planning on doing this at what point? What is going to trigger these uh, military maneuvers? What is the uh, the the
1: qualification? Well, they're not going to tell um the you they're know, not revealing lowly, lowly citizens that nonsense. I see. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, best I got is that they're making plans. Hmm. I wonder about that, because uh, obviously it would be just way out of balance for them to just launch an attack without some sort of provocation uh, by the North Koreans. Well, it says Mr. Bush said recently that any transfer of nuclear weapons by North Korea would be a grave threat, um, phrasing uh, viewed as diplomatic code for a military response. Mm. Uh, defense... Officials said the military option would be used if North Korea is caught transferring nuclear arms to other states or terrorist groups. So it's okay, guys, that you can have them. But, uh, I see. If you transfer Just them Just can't now, send them outside the borders. Right. As though we would know. We'll
0: see what happens. 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll-free lines as we go to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bill. Bill in Oklahoma going once. Bill.
2: Yes, I'm here. Hi. What's on your mind? Oh, how are you guys doing? Bill, uh what's up? Oh well, actually, I was just going to comment on the marijuana. I guess it's the marijuana delivery story. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, something that uh, that story kind of caught my eye. This was something totally different that I read. Doctor in in California, uh, in a, in a state where they allow for marijuana use for medical purposes, this is correct. Uh, is being uh, investigated by the federal government because she was breaking federal law by distributing the marijuana to her patients.
0: Oh wow. Now that's unusual because usually the doctors will just write the prescription and then the patients will go to the distribution points and pick it up. I never heard of a doctor actually distributing the pot herself.
2: Right. She uh, was, She had been distributing, uh, I guess, certain uh, uh, portions of uh, marijuana to her uh, patients. I don't mm-hmm. think she had a big stash or anything. Right. But they got her for writing the prescription too. So here's what I'm trying to figure out. If this, what good is it for the state that pass the law saying you can use marijuana for medical, medical uh, practices when you got the DEA knocking on your front door?
0: Well, it's an excellent question, and uh, the answer is it's, it does some good because it's symbolic in that you're saying, hey, to the world, we are tired of these uh, federal laws, and we're going to make it legal here in this state regardless of what the feds think about it, and to California's credit, Uh, They have come a long way in the last 10 years. Uh, Steve Cubby, we had him on the air with us, and I I believe the archive is on our guest page at freetalklive.com if you'd like to see where where his position is, because he's over there in California, and he's been involved in this fight for the last decade. And he's pointed out that uh, there's... Just the the government officials within the state of California, the state officials the local uh, authorities are much more understanding and much more accepting of medical pot than they were ten years ago so it's just a it's just a good idea because it moves the the populace and the government in the right direction despite the violence of the of the federal government does that make sense yeah
2: uh, that uh, that kind of sheds light on it i just I, I, I just don't i guess what i don't understand is how uh, the state's going to be able to become like you know you talk about the free state project. Mm-hmm. How the state can be free uh, of the oppressive uh, federal government uh, when the, the you know the state says okay you can do something, but then the federal government says oh no you're no 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 we have these laws and books here we're gonna we're gonna take you in a jail. I
0: think it's uh, a matter of uh, having elected officials with a, with some cojones. I think it's a matter of having yeah. elected officials that are willing to stand up to the feds and say no no. You, don't, you aren't allowed in our county anymore. In fact, if your DEA agents are caught in this county, they will be arrested and thrown in our jails, and uh, we'll feed them slop three times a day. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. What are some of your ideas as far as how a locality could possibly stand up to the feds? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. And uh, it is your show. You take control. Ian here with you. And Mark. The uh, Also, the website is freetalklive.com. All of the features there are totally free. though we do ask that you voluntarily support us by buying some stuff. At Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, then anything that you purchase in their 35 categories of products, everything from books to DVDs to office products, sporting goods, apparel, groceries, Uh, groceries, any of their 35 um, categories, including used items, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of it. It's a sweet deal. Great way to get the stuff that you need delivered to your door. Great prices. Free Super Saver shipping on lots of items and you help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. So head over to Amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. All right. Helicopter parents are back in the news, Mark. You remember these uh you remember these guys, these helicopter parents? No. Do you know what this is? I have no idea what we you're We talked talking about them probably, it's probably been a couple of years now, a year and a half, since we uh, we last heard about them. But some parents, according to the AP, are writing their college uh college age kids resumes for them. Others are acting as their children's representatives, hounding college career counselors, showing up (laughs) at job fairs, and sometimes going as far as even calling employers to ask why their son or daughter didn't get a job. It's the next phase in helicopter parenting, a term coined for those who have hovered over their children's lives from kindergarten through college. The first time we talked about this was all about helicopter parents at college. You know, for instance, the typical way it works as far as kids going to college, and this is as I understand it because I went to community college, so it wasn't this way for me. But the way it works for kids that go off to college is mom and dad send them off to a college that's usually somewhere else. They go, they move into a dorm room, unpack their stuff, and that's it. You know, you see mom and dad maybe a couple times a year when they come back to see you graduate or whatever the reason is they're invited there
1: right it's supposed to be you know that's supposed to be the the change of life for young people but now you've got has s- been traditionally now you've got
0: helicopter parents that are coming to the college and sort of cleaning the room for the kids and you know just t- taking care of things for them and be still being mommy uh at college, hmm. and it's it was it was kind of a disturbing article the first one. Now it's now it's getting worse. Now they're inserting themselves into their kids' job search, and school officials and employers say it's a problem that might be hampering some young people's careers. Gee, you think your mom's calling to check in on your resume? Yeah,
1: you know, can't you handle
0: yourself? Well, the kids? school the
2: school
1: officials have uh, made their own beds and charging so much for uh, uh, you know education that uh, you would expect that parents. It's a sizable investment. They want it to to go as well as they possibly can. It's now reached epidemic proportions, says Michael Ellis,
0: director of career and life education at Delaware Valley College, a small private school in Pennsylvania. At the school's annual job fair last year, he says, one father accompanied his daughter, handed out her resume, and answered most of the questions that the recruiters were asking the young lady. Hmm. Even more often, he receives calls from parents only to find out later that their soon-to-be college grad was sitting next to the parent, quietly listening. Uh, jobs, counselors at univers- uh, jobs counselors at universities across the country say experience li- experiences like those are now commonplace. Quote, my main concern is the obvious need of the students to develop their independence and their confidence, says Kate Brooks, director of Liberal Arts Career Center at the University of Texas. I think it's great that parents want to share their advice, and even better that students of this age are willing to listen but I think the boundaries are getting crossed sometimes. Uh, Donnell Turner, like it. the assistant director of the Career Center at Loyola in Chicago, is just starting to notice the trend. He couldn't believe it when he first saw the uh, when he saw the first uh, first of a few parents walk into a recent job fair for students. What What is she doing here? He thought to himself. Some students had the same thought. My parents are very supportive. They're certainly not telling me what to do, said one student uh, at Loyola, who managed who navigated the job fair all by herself. Can you imagine? That said, she has seen many examples of parents who dictate every move, even what their kids major in. Often parents don't even know that they're overdoing it, and it's not just at college. Barbara Dwyer, a career coach at Sacramento, uh, says she spoke at a Future Farmers of America meeting and met a mother whose son wanted to raise sheep for a living. The mom excitedly told Dwyer how she'd done extensive research to find out what it would take for her son to get started in the business. I asked, why did you do it? And she looked shocked, said Dwyer. Indeed, while many people have heard about the helicopter parent phenomenon, it's tough to find moms or dads who consider themselves one. No. Not me. (laughs) No, I'm just helping. You know, somebody called me that, said Diane Creer Morrow, whose son recently graduated from St. Louis University is now teaching English in Taiwan. She came to the Loyola job fair. At least he pair, got away from her somehow. Yeah, to get information from employers for her son and brought copies of his resume to hand out. But believe me, I'm just going to hand him the bag, she said, of the stack of jobs brochures and business cards she's gathered. The rest is up to him. She says parents sometimes worry that today's young people aren't as uh, as motivated to work as previous generations, so they feel inclined to do some nudging. Why? I don't understand what is causing this. I mean, if you really believe that young people today aren't as motivated to work, just let them go on their own for a little while and figure out what happens when they stop paying the bills. Life will nudge them enough. Marissa Wetzel, who graduated from New York University, knows what it's like. During her job search... Her parents called her frequently to track her progress and to suggest friends who might have connections. Obviously, it can get a little no- annoying at times, but it's done with my best interest at heart, she says. At, uh, a month after she graduated, she landed a job as a publicity assistant in New York City. She and other students say they use their parents' as sounding boards because they trust their opinions and don't want to repeat their parents' mistakes. But Ellis says some students are too dependent. He puts some of the blame on baby boomer parents who have a reputation for coddling their children, but even more on the students. Quote, they become so accustomed to having their parents take care of every aspect of their lives and not assuming any responsibility or taking any initiative for themselves that they expect their parents to continue to take care of things for them. So I think it's sort of, it's definitely a give and take thing. It's definitely an issue with both sides of uh both the parents and the kids because the kids don't have to stand for it and the parents certainly don't have to step up and offer it so the parents are stepping up and offering their assistance and the kids are saying yeah i could use your you know i i don't mind
1: you just come here and do all my work for me uh as long as you possibly can i can see i can see why kids would want to do that it makes things easier Mm -hmm. um but you know independence really has its advantages Absolutely. And uh, Eileen
0: Tarhan, a human resources specialist at uh, NCH Marketing in Deerfield, says she gets tired of making offers to students only to hear them say, can I have the weekend to talk about it with my parents? Why can't they just say, let me think about it? And it doesn't stop there. A few colleagues have told Tarjan that that parents are now calling to discuss
1: their kids' first performance reviews. No, I think that that last comment was a little unfair. Um, People... A buyer in any circumstance, whether they're actually paying money for something or just mm-hmm. making a decision, will often, um, you know, push the decision off onto someone else. Okay. Well, I have to talk about my wife. I have to talked to, talk to talk about it with my wife, or um, you know, my business partner and I. We've got to sit down and discuss this. That's that's a pretty commonplace thing. I, I see what you're saying, but what these people are pointing out here—these experts
0: and the people in in the, the job, uh, human resources departments, and the college people. They're saying that this is a new trend, that this whole thing. I believe the uh, trend exists.
1: I just think that that example is a little harsh.
0: I, I see what you're. I understand where you're coming from on that, but nonetheless, I think she's making a good point. Instead of bringing up mommy and daddy to the uh, potential job, you know, the potential, uh, you're the the uh, high, the person who's doing the hiring that you're talking to, it just sort of shows that. You're still living with your parents, yeah, and you're still dependent on what mommy and daddy think. It's not in a position order to make of strength. Drink. No, absolutely not. And, I, you know, I would love to hear from somebody that either has had parents like this or or is a parent like this. I know it's going to be hard for you to admit if you are one of these parents, but if you are a helicopter parent, if you are somebody that has, been, has called their kid's job to discuss their performance review... If you've done things like this, can you explain why? What is wrong with you? (laughs) What?
1: They're not going to call in after that. Of course they're not. They're cowards. Well, come on. Um, What about just uh, people calling in and saying how much they have helped their kids in college, Mm -hmm. jobs, life, that kind of thing? I mean, my mom, I I can't remember her ever having any, you know, she asked me about my job, nothing to do with it. Yeah, I never, uh,
0: I never involved my parents in my job process at all. When I got my first job at 16 when I was still under my parents roof, uh I wasn't invo- they were not involved in that process. Uh, I mean I guess I might have put my mom on the resume as far as was, uh, there wasn't a resume it was just a Kmart so you you fill in what your last job was job application. Um, yeah, yes. I might have put her on there because I worked at her thrift store. But that's about it. Yeah. So I can't imagine being 20, 22, 21 years old and having uh, having a parent sort of hovering above me. If you've experienced this, 1-800-259-9231, that is the toll-free number. Packet 8 toll-free line, that's 1-800-259-9231. Our number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Speaking of bad parents, Britney Spears is filing for divorce. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves as we kick off hour number two of the Tuesday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800 259 9231 That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, one 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one, 259-9231, and we call the show Free Talk Live because you get to bring up what you want. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Everything on the site, totally free. We give it away. That is freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, because this is the show about your calls. To Ryan in Texas on the Amplifier line. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
3: Hey, how are you
0: doing? Good, What's up, Ryan?
3: I'm sorry about the noise. I'm actually walking down the street right now, home from my polling location. I voted early but uh, decided to run a little experiment tonight. Really? I'm, I normally leave work at five fifteen, get home by six thirty. Okay. I'm sorry, by six fifteen. So an hour on public transportation.
0: You normally wait wait, you normally take public transportation to and from work?
3: Yes. Okay, got it. No. Takes an hour, tops. That's on a bad day. Today I decided I wanted to see what would happen when considering I live in an area of Dallas called Oak Cliff, which is vastly majority black and Hispanic. Okay. I take the bus. I leave work early at 5:05 p.m. I get to the polling place, which is two blocks from my house, so negligible distance. 6:55.
0: Wait a minute. I missed. What time did you What what time did you leave?
3: 5:05.
0: Wow, so it took you an, an, almost two hours then to uh, to get to the polling place? Yep. Why?
3: Everything was running late. No apparent reason there were less riders than normal. There's less traffic than normal.
0: Geez, so well, you all almost... I can say
3: is, Go ahead. Well, all I can say is the majority of riders of our transportation system are minorities. And the neighborhood I live in, I'm I at a certain transfer station, for which is the busiest in town for almost an hour. I were three different routes I could take to this area. Not one showed up for over an hour.
0: Now, how far away is this from your house, this uh, voting location? Two blocks. <laughs> same, Why didn't you, you just walk, man?
3: No, I'm saying from work.
1: Oh, I see. And
0: it, it took it, you
3: It took almost twice the time on any normal day, even a bad day.
1: So, do you think it's because of the voting year. or
3: it can be because of voting. There's less traffic. There's less riders.
1: So you,
0: you don't know it's why it is? a
3: little suspicious to me.
0: Oh, I see. What so is your suggestion? Do you have any uh,
1: idea?
3: Well, every year you hear about all kinds of disenfranchisement of
1: voters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he believes that the uh, the public transportation is being slowed down so that uh, people will give up and not go vote.
0: So those Democrats that are more likely to be riding the public transportation won't be voting? Is that the, is that the so suggestion? So
3: those minorities who are most likely to be riding the transportation who are most likely to vote democrat right but the best part is this interesting seven o'clock of course yeah 655 i get there it's already closed
0: oh you've (coughs) got to be kidding now wait did you have an atomic like a a cell phone time something that's atomic or is it possible that your your time was wrong
3: that is my time on my cell phone which i actually have A little fast, so I make sure I get to work on time.
0: So you actually did not get to vote. After all of that waiting, after two hours on public transportation, you didn't even get to vote.
3: No, i sure I'm going to use an electronic voting machine with all the stuff that's going on, so I voted absentee. I just wanted to see what would happen.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You said it wasn't just an experiment. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for bringing that to the table. Anything else on your mind tonight? That's pretty much it. Hmm. all right talk to you later thanks for the call ryan 800-259-9231 the packet eight toll-free line it is suspicious that's 1-800-259-9231 well suspicious is why britney spears is getting divorced from kevin Fetterline. why are
1: why are we reading this
0: <laughs> well it's sort of a throwback mark we used to talk about britney on uh on the show back in the days and She's not in the news very much anymore, but uh, now she is.
1: She is a musical genius.
0: Because she's getting all broken up with here. According to ABC News, she's filed for divorce from her husband, Kevin Federline. The 24-year-old pop star filed legal papers today in Los Angeles Superior Court citing irreconcilable differences Mm. and asking for custody of their two children. So they've been together two years, two kids, one per year. One-year-old Sean and two-month-old Jaden Spears gives the date of separation as a Monday the same day she showed off her post-pregnancy body during a surprise appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman. The announcement comes roughly after two rocky years of marriage. She married Federline uh, eight months after ending a 55-hour Las Vegas marriage to her childhood friend, Jason Alexander. The sources tell uh, that the couple who met in September of 2004 had a prenuptial agreement. Not surprisingly, Spears is waiving her right to spousal support. She's also asking the judge to make each party pay its attorney's fees. So the lesson here, kids, is don't get married in your early 20s. It's just not a good idea. Don't be like Britney,
1: okay? You're going to end up getting divorced like Britney. I'm sure some people that get married in their early 20s, Stay married, probably
0: there are some, but I just don't see it. I mean, I I think there's a lot of people that stay married for a, a longer period of the of time than two years because they'll do it for the children, right? They'll they'll get together and they'll determine that they hate one another, but they've already gone so far as to have sex and and get the girl knocked up, and they've uh, gone through with the pregnancy, had the kid. Now you've got this kid, and of course it's the right thing to do to stay together for the for the children and so i think that a lot of those marriages are likely to end after the kids have grown up and moved out of their houses
1: it seems likely i mean uh, if i've heard of plenty instances where uh, the kids leave and the parents get divorced yeah in fact i believe
0: that's uh, something that's happening with my girlfriend right now i think her parents are looking at a divorce now that uh, now that their kids have gone and moved out of the house sorry to hear that and that's you know that's what happens and so I just I bring this up as a uh, a morality tale for those of you out there that are so enamored with uh your partner at age 20 or 19 or 21 or whatever and you just want to go off and get married so you can have your day please just hold off okay in fact why don't you hold off until you've been with that person for what do you think 5 years at least I mean what do you think is a good minimum amount of time for a couple to be together before they commit to this legal ceremony, this government contract between you, the other person, and the government
1: that has a lot of uh, strings attached to it and a lot of rules involved. I don't think for young people with not a lot of money that it matters that much. What do you mean? Um, I don't think that getting a government marriage, although um, I don't think there's a huge point in it if you're not going to have kids um, to get married, period. But, um, you know, if, if you're getting a divorce and there's not a lot of assets to... To break up, um, then it's it's not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, but if you've got a kid, then that could mess that could really mess with things.
1: Then right? I understand, but marriage doesn't mean you know you don't get pregnant because you sign your name on the dotted line for a marriage application. Mm-hmm. You get pregnant because you're having sex. Right. Um. So you know these things. I I would say don't have a kid in order to save your marriage. But um, I don't think it really matters one way or the other whether you get married um at a young age because. There's nothing to break up, and most what if of somebody the, comes into money though well, um usually people know if they're going to come into money uhhuh um you know there's grandmas out there or something like that generally there's uh ways to um put that money into trust, so it's for the one person as opposed to. Um, for both. And I don't know how courts are in every state. I would say some states probably, uh, would want to split the money up, but most states would say, well, they, did inherit the money. It's theirs. Hmm. Um, you would probably so lose a certain s- amount of it, but so in some
0: states, if you don't actually mix the money into a joint account, then it's, you're more protected right what about the uh, what about the states where if a if one of the partners in the marriage has a expectation of a certain standard of uh, standard of living that they continue to have that standard of living after the marriage is uh, is dissolved? That would be some trouble then wouldn't it? Yes, so for instance, if you're in a relationship where um, you're not, you're the female and you're not working and the male has been working the entire time you're used to being sort of taken care of. After the breakup, you get alimony payments. It's because, alimony time.
1: Doo, 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 doo.
0: Yeah, because you've been you've been used to getting those. Um, you've been used to not having to work, mm-hmm. and so the government believes that well, you should continue to not have to work, even though you're not married to this person anymore. It just seems to me that marriage does nothing but bring uh, government marriage does nothing but bring troubles. Now, if you want to have a commitment ceremony or something like that to show how committed you are, then hey, great. As long as there aren't legal consequences involved. Like there is with government marriage. I would agree with that. And who knows what's going to happen with Ms. Spears. Not that I really care. I brought it up just to make the point that, eh, maybe you should hold out on that whole marriage thing if you're all excited about it. Maybe give it a little time. Make sure that you guys are really compatible before you go on. If you've got a marriage hell story you want to share with us, get on the lines. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. You bring up whatever you want. The Packet 8 toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features you'll find at freetalklive.com are totally free, including the listener map. Over 1,700 of our listeners from around the world have added themselves to it, and you can as well. It's free, like everything else on our site. That, again, is uh, the website is map.freetalklive.com. That'll get you right to it. That's map.freetalklive.com. And you need to know, the Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project and their first 1,000 pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the first 1,000 pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. I was in the LP chat room earlier today. Apparently the Libertarian Party has launched a chat room on their website, and so I went in there just to see what it was all about. Was hanging out in there. One of, uh, I guess, a, there was a, a handful of Free Talk Live listeners that were already happened to have been in there, and one of them said, "You guys gonna do election coverage tonight?" I said, "Oh, how boring would that be?" And we're projecting the winner, the uh, the Colorado County Sheriff uh, race. No, we're not gonna do um, election coverage for the most part. Um, if something interesting happens, we'll bring that out. For instance, tomorrow I'll probably recap some interesting races. Maybe tomorrow night, once we've got all the final stuff. But I think most—I think for the most part—it's kind of silly to sit here and say uh, to, to project, you know, like the uh, the ABCs and the NBCs and all them do. Just leave it to them. Let let them do all that for tonight. We'll try to wrap it all up maybe tomorrow and report on whether or not the Colorado ba- or the um, I think it was a Denver, Colorado pot measure, how successful that one was. The Nevada marijuana measure. Um, some libertarian candidates that like Michael Badnarik uh, sure would love to see him win Bob Smith or some of these other libertarian high sort of high visibility libertarian campaigns the ones that were expected to maybe just maybe have a shot we'll bring you the information on those particular campaigns though there is a little bit of good news apparently right off the bat i don't know how this happened uh, but a libertarian has won a Juneau Assembly District 2 seat in Alaska so i don't know how the Alaskan election Ended before the rest of the country. I don't know how that happens, because they're further west than California. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But she's the winner, Sarah Chambers. So congratulations to her. So far, that's the only uh, win that the LP candidate lineup has under their belt. And actually, Mark, you had an email about um, this political party
1: thing, uh, libertarians versus reform, right? Right. From Gus. Recently, I was very confused. I was researching the individuals um, up for governor, ignoring parties so that I wasn't biased, and looking over the views on the issue, their views on the issues. I easily found the Republican and Democrat and just as easily laughed at them and moved on. But I came upon two platforms that looked well thought out and that I agreed with. I decided on one over um, the other only because it was more thought out, whereas the other just felt like a to-do list. I was shocked to see that the one that I had chosen was the Reform Party, Mm. and before you ask... Yes, the other was libertarian. Now, I'm a registered libertarian and believe in libertarian values, but because of this choice, I'm second-guessing myself on my views. I don't know enough about the Reform Party to make an accurate decision or on switching parties. I was uh, hoping you could help, since neither website was. Well, now that long preface is over. My main question is, what's the difference between the Libertarian and Reform Party? Easy. Um, The Reform Party doesn't stand for anything besides reform.
0: And that can mean different things according to whichever candidate's running. Right. So the Reform Party got its uh, start with Ross Perot back in 1992. I think that's when it got – there might have been a Reform Party before that, but I don't think there was. I think he pretty much put it together uh, back then. But I'm not a history expert when it comes to the Reform Party. But ever since, there have been a variety of different candidates. In fact, in – I think it was 2000 or 2002, there was this Reform Party schism – where the Reform Party sort of broke into two separate camps. They couldn't agree on their candidate or whatever it was that, that made it happen, and so they weakened even further at that point. And they, they pretty much are just a, a useless party, just a, a third party to fill the gap with. They don't stand for anything besides,
1: We want to do things differently! We're the Reform Party! Well, they're they're very candidate-oriented. Um it, it seems to me. Uh, Jesse Ventura was a reform party?
0: No, Jesse Ventura was uh, the Independence Party.
1: But Hasn't he re- supported reform since then?
0: I'm not sure about okay. that. I think he has his own party in that, in uh, the state of Minnesota okay. called the
1: Independence Party. All right. Um, they, they just seem to be very uh, uh, candidate-oriented to me. What do you, when you say that, what do you mean? Well, um, like whatever the candidate thinks is what the party's platform is for that candidate.
0: Yeah, that's they, pretty much it. I didn't know they had a platform. I was actually a little surprised to hear that they had a platform
1: because well, i i got the impression that it was the uh the candidate themselves like they was he was researching the candidates and the
0: oh, I see I thought he said he went to the party's website and looked at the party's platform. Did I
1: misunderstand well um, he said that he was doing his research and uh you know uh, you know he was researching the the candidates and he'd come up with two platforms that he thought were that he thought were well thought out and he agreed with, but then he went to the uh, party's websites to find out. What they were all about and of course the Reform party doesn't really have a platform. yeah I'm looking at their
0: website uh, actually as we speak. Of course the libertarian party is is based on a principle it they
1: call themselves the party of principle and mark what is that what is that principle that they wouldn't initiate force um, for the, the purpose of uh, political or social gains exactly and so you can pretty much take that principle and apply it to any issue that
0: comes about even if the even if the issue isn't addressed on the libertarian Party's website, you just take that principle and learn how to apply it and you can figure out where a libertarian who is a real libertarian will stand on any given particular issue. And so I am looking here at the Reform Party and they do have uh they do actually have a platform and it's just their particular stances on an, on a number of different issues. Uh healthcare for instance. One sent, uh, two sentences. The reform party supports a reform of the health care system that returns control to its citizens. We must return the individual's right to control their own medical and health decisions. It's very general. It sounds like a good thing, but they probably they could be talking about a government program that gives the individual a little more control over their
1: health care. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it has anything backing it. Um, a reform uh, party candidate could very easily, well, be for a. Uh, Socialized medicine just as easily.
0: Let's look at education. Uh, Three paragraphs, very short paragraphs. Promote an independent, nonpartisan dialogue to carefully examine and take action on crucial educational issues that have become dangerously politicized and bureaucraticized by government and the two-party system. Federal, state, and local governments may each have an appropriate role to play in our educational system, but to ensure equal access to education for all children, the control over public education must be returned to the people. So a lot of return it to the people, which is sort of an appeal to democracy, and of course, socialists are constantly appealing to democracy. Convene a panel of experts to produce a statement of impact ...of various options, for example, vouchers, educational savings accounts, and charter schools on the public school system. Americans must have accurate information on these options before changes are made to the public school system that educates 90% of our children. So their education plank fully accepts government control of schools and just talks about some different ways they might want to change a little here, convene a panel of experts, and we'll talk about things. There's There's no difference between them and the Republicans and Democrats. It's just that they've just got some language in their platform that makes it sound like they're more with the people. So that's that, that way they're going to get some extra votes. There's no principles involved with the Reform Party. And I might like to point out that the Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States. And I believe it's the fastest growing one. And they ran more candidates um, in this election than the Reforms, the Greens, or any of the other third parties. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. It is your show, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, 259 9231 the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system awaits you with over 140,000 posts for you to surf around through. That's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all being discussed on our website, bbs.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, the bulletin board system is completely free. That again, bbs.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, your calls about whatever's on your mind. Uh, we just wrapped up an email about the the so-called Reform Party. And as we pointed out to the emailer who was curious about, you know, what are these Reform guys all about? I mean, it's I guess it's appropriate to talk about this on election night, though, of course, most of you have probably already voted by the time you're listening to this. But for next time, perhaps. Not that there's a Reform Party candidate on your ballot. I mean... The libertarians are on some ballots around the country and they're on the most of all of the third party candidates out there, Greens, Reforms, whoever the heck the uh, Socialist Workers Party or whoever the other guys are. I mean pretty much Greens and Reforms are the two more uh, are the third parties you're more likely to see out of all of the third parties right. below the Libertarian Party, but the Libertarian Party ran I think more candidates than both of those parties combined.
1: This year, I voted today, and the only uh, third party that I saw on the ticket was Libertarian.
0: That's right, and it was only one Libertarian candidate on the on the ballot that we got to vote on today. But nonetheless, he was curious about this Reform Party because they've been out there and they they get attention from time to time, much due to the um, much due to Ross Perot back in 1992. And he asked us, well, what are some of the differences uh, between the Reform Party and the Libertarian Party? Well, the difference is the Reform Party just stands for change. Their their whole tagline could be, it's time for a change. You know, that old hackneyed uh, tagline that has been used so many times by Republicans and Democrats, whoever the incumbent isn't, whoever's challenging the incumbent loves to trot out that line. Vote for me because it's time for a change. Well, that could be the entire um, concept behind the Reform Party. Because that's all they stand for is just a little bit of a difference. We're not the Republicans, not the Democrats, but... We're not really that different from those guys, just a third version of those two. Uh, So just looking at um, at their platform. Ooh, ooh, immigration. Let's see what they think about immigration. Although we cherish and honor America's proud immigrant history and traditions, we must recognize the reality that today our nation is no longer an unsettled frontier. Immigration levels have risen to well over a million a year, and the U.S. Census Bureau projects at this level the population is to exceed 400 million dollars in less than, or 400 million, rather, population, in less than 50 years.
1: Because Alaska's full, Utah's
0: full, (laughs) uh, Montana's full, Colorado's full, all these places, just
1: chuck full. Can't handle another person.
0: The Reform Party suggests, here's their uh, solution, Banning the mass importation of temporary foreign workers via the abuse of H-1B and L-1 programs, whatever those are, some sort of temporary worker program, I guess. The impact of which is to hold down the wages, working conditions, and incomes of American workers, both immigrant and native-born alike. A temporary freeze on all immigration, except for spouses and minor children of U.S. citizens until those immigrant persons currently here are assimilated. A temporary freeze, huh? That's going to that's gonna be pretty pricey. You're talking about a total shutdown of the border and a major enforcement effort here.
1: Because We're talking billions. Of all the immigrants that come through come through on these uh, little programs that they have there mm-hmm. that they're uh, proposing to shut down. And if you stop having the program, then the immigrants will just stop coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Authorizations and appropriations
1: necessary
0: to secure our borders by unitizing technologies that enhance our,
1: bo- our border patrol and enforcement of U.S. immigration laws. Oh, I see. So they want to spend a bunch of money on fences and guns. and Right. This is um, really radically different from the
0: Republicans and Democrats, isn't it? Sounds about the same. Use of the National Guard or any branch of our armed forces to help secure and patrol our borders. So you're the Republicans and the Democrats. You're Essentially, it's a group of uh, upset people that don't want to deal with the Republicans and Democrats anymore uh, and want to call themselves something different. Well,
1: <laughs> yes, but you can't be a member of the Reform Party when there aren't – when there aren't any on the, the ticket, I mean, what do you, you know, I mean, what's the point? <laughs>
0: Employers should be legally liable for ensuring that foreign workers produce appropriate documentation, right. allowing them to live and work in the United States. That's <laughs> their
1: typo. Well, um, it, yeah, and I, as an employer, really want to spend a bunch of time tracking down all the, um, all the information about my employees to make sure that the, none of them could possibly be illegal aliens whether Maybe, from Mexico or someplace else. They, these are the, the
0: proposals that have been coming out of Washington, D.C. I mean, these are almost a mirror image of what they've been, of the, uh, the immigration control freaks have been saying in D.C. We need to shut down the border and, uh, and stop this immigration and put the National Guard and the military on the borders and, and build a fence. And they're just parroting what, they, what they've been saying for the last two years. Well, they are a party of the people enact a national campaign to assimilate new immigrants and allow for them full participation in American life by requiring immigrants to learn English, American history, government, and Americans' traditions and values. Hmm. What are America's traditions and values? I don't know. I have my own set of values, and I would never suggest that my values are the same as even your values, Mark. And we're they just aren't. two guys in the same room together. Let alone the 300 million people that are in this country. Two guys that have very similar backgrounds. Indeed, uh, enact a national. Uh, let's see, a constitutional amendment that will not give automatic citizenship to children born to you on U.S. soil to parents other than legal citizens of the United States. No national, state, or local government assistance of any kind for education, social security, Medicare, or Medicaid should not be provided for anyone that's not a legal alien or U.S. citizen. And finally, the United States government should automatically expel from the U.S. any immigrant to be found in illegal residence. Just like a robot. Just automatically expel. Put him in the chute and shoot him out. Off they go. Goodbye. So, what's the point of the Reform Party? You tell me because they sound exactly like the Republicans and the Democrats. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
4: Hi, guys. Hey, John. Funny that you'll be talking about third parties. I'm just trying to keep myself from laughing. I've been uh, on the campaign trail all all, all day today for NHLA-endorsed candidates. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we're wrapping up the day here in Salem... There were two young guys uh, collecting signatures at town hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't really part of the conversation, but I was hearing it. And what it turns out is these guys are high school boys, and they're trying to get one million signatures to form an independent third party called Uh, Their their website, I believe, was unity08.com or .org. I haven't been to it to check it.
0: What's that mean? What's the the point of it?
4: It's a very funny point, and this is why I can hardly keep myself from laughing. They they want to get the Democrats and the Republicans to work together <laughs> and form a third party where they can work together. What? And and like I said, I wasn't. They're really already confident. working together. Yeah, they,
1: they work together to keep the um, the third parties out.
4: Right, and that, now I um I, I was not part of this conversation. I was standing there talking to mm-hmm. the woman that, for some reason, they knew they could get her to sign and uh i did turn to him and i said what no greens no libertarians no independents you, you this is just going to be a party of democrats and republicans <laughs> and i it, it was just incredible wow. to hear about what a what and, a
0: wasted effort i mean what wow. uh what inspired this you say you didn't actually have a chance to talk to these guys too much
4: i spoke to the woman afterwards i mm-hmm. i couldn't be too much bothered i mean if they yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be, you know, hassling them or anything. I wasn't yeah. there. For, you know, I was there for a specific pur- purpose. I, I spoke to the woman after and said, "That's a real horrible idea." And she's a Republican. She's a, you know, member of the party. Yeah. People, they join parties for various reasons. There's some principle that they think they can follow. And I said, you know, we talked about how they all work together. But I said, that's really incredible. I said, Amazing. That's you know what? Crazy. I think that's a
0: result of. And thank you for the call, John. Appreciate hearing from you. I think that's a result of. Or at least partially, just this uh, mentality that the government school system breeds into kids where they believe that the Republicans and Democrats are the only ways to to go, where they're told, you're either a Republican or a Democrat, and these kids are saying, well, we need to get these two parties that we have to work together, so let's strike out on our own and start a third party. Well, guess what? You're going to find out how hard it is if you keep at it, kids. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All of the features you will find are completely free. Though we do ask that you vote for Free Talk Live in return for all of that, considering we give the sites access away uh, we want you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute's time, and it really makes a big difference for us. Because if you go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show, it helps keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world. Now, we're currently ranked, I believe, at number four.
1: Yeah, number Not so four.
0: Great. Not so great, especially at a week into the month. Usually we can hold up longer uh, than just the, the first initial week before we start dropping off. We really need votes. And so, yeah, if you have yet to vote this month, if you have voted, thank you, if you've yet to vote, head over to vote.freetalklive.com. All you need is an email address. It's a very short process, and it makes a big difference because us being in that top ten helps us get new Internet listeners on board, and new people means new people finding the message of freedom and liberty here on Free Talk Live. You know, we just got off the the phone with John in New Hampshire a moment ago. And he apparently was out at the polls today, and he encountered some kids that were, I guess, campaigning for Unity 08. And so I went to their website just to see what this was all about. And because John essentially said that as he understood it, it was a group of people that were trying to bring the parties together, which is bizarre. And I wanted to find out exactly what they had to say for themselves. So I've got that information, but we're going to the phones first. Let's talk to Brandon in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey. Hey, Brandon.
5: Um, uh, I was talking to Manwich. Um, Mark. Okay. I'm right. sorry. I was talking to Mark on on the uh, Internet, and uh, he told me to call in and just see what I was finding here on the Internet about Texas. Um, it looks like Madneric's got like 4%. I think. And uh Smithers has or Smither has about five percent. So it's not looking really good.
0: Now Smither is a uh, is a race that was really being trumpeted by the Libertarian Party this year. It was. Because yeah. do you know why that was?
5: Well, uh, yeah, the Republican right in is Sekula Gibbs and um other than that he's running against a Democrat and this is in Texas and apparently Smither it has a pretty well-known name.
0: Well, wasn't it a? Uh, right now right. wait a minute. Wasn't this district in Texas the district of uh, who was it? Tom
2: oh, Delay. Oh, uh,
5: Tom Delay. Yeah, that's right. Right. Sorry, so he was a that.
0: major Republican incumbent who apparently, I guess, bailed out for what was it? Some sort of corruption scandal. I don't even know why he why he left. It's but probably
5: corruption, yeah. It, yeah,
0: he bailed out, and so it left this gaping hole, essentially, and then the Republicans somehow dropped the ball with their candidacy. I don't know what all happened behind the scenes, but essentially what the result was was that coming to the election, you had the Democrat who, you know, it's a Republican district. He's probably going to lose anyway. You had the uh, the Republicans who didn't get a qualified candidate in time or whatever. They missed some sort of deadline. Something happened to where they blew it and they had to run write-in candidates and so there was mm-hmm. maybe two or two or three different republican write-in candidates running so the libertarian party was trumpeting this bob smither because he was known locally He was on the ballot he was on the ballot yeah, and uh, apparently, I guess his daughter, there's something t- hor- horrific had happened to his daughter in the past, so he already had some notoriety beyond mm-hmm. being a successful local business person. So they were um, trumpeting him as a real contender. Because when you've got a two way race between a Democrat and a Libertarian, I mean, who's going who's gonna to write in? I mean, write in candidates never win, right? But now well, you're they're saying, not
5: supposed to. And it says here on CNN.com, looking at their election reports, and only 1% of the precincts are reporting in. But right now the Democrats ahead with about nine thousand, and Smither has about a thousand votes. Okay. So he's down a good amount.
0: Now what about now? What about the uh, the right in Republican?
5: The right in Republican has about eight thousand five hundred. Wow. So which I'm really surprised because she seemed like an incompetent. So I'm I'm pretty surprised that she's getting those type of numbers. But yeah, that's
0: amazing. I Brandon. guess when
5: you that, ours is – a goal, I guess, in Texas.
0: Did you have any other highlights for us? Anything else? Oh,
5: no. Thanks. I was just calling in.
0: Nice to hear from you. Thanks for the call, man. 800 259 9231, the packet 8 toll free line for you. 1 800 259 9231. Not good news when
1: you're getting beat by a ride in.
0: Yeah, that's pretty pathetic, actually. I mean, I God. thought for sure they'd do better. I mean, even I, even I, who has become quite the cynic when it comes to uh, the Libertarian Party's chances at uh, in these races. Was somewhat, uh, you know, thinking, hey, this guy. I didn't think he would win. I thought the Democrat would probably win. But I thought maybe he'd show up with twenty percent. And it's not over yet. I mean, um, how many? What was the the reporting on that? How many uh, precincts had reported? Not many, not many. So anything can happen at this point, which is why I don't like doing election coverage, because we can make a call now and it can change by tomorrow. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So we're talking about this Unity O eight. Uh, this group that our uh, our caller John had run across today, and I'm on their website on the Who We Are page. What we believe. Let's just go through some of this, see if we can understand what this Unity08 wants. Here's what they here's what they believe. Unity08 believes that neither of today's major parties reflects the aspirations, fears, or will of the majority of Americans. Both have polarized and alienated the people. Both are unduly influenced by single-issue groups. Both are excessively dominated by money. For most of the 20th century, the contest for the U.S. presidency was waged over those in the middle. Recent presidential elections, however, have not been focused on the middle, but the turnout of each party's special interest groups, with each party's base representing barely 10% of the American people. We believe that while the leaders of both major parties are well-intentioned people, they're trapped in a flawed system, and that the two major parties are... Today, simply neither relevant to the issues and challenges of the 21st century, nor effective in addressing them. As a result, most Americans have not been enthusiastic about the choices for president in recent elections, the key issues they ran on, or the manner in which the campaigns were conducted. Therefore, Unity 08 will act to assure that an alternative ticket is uh, presented to American voters in 2008. We have three specific goals and are now exploring how to best achieve them. Goal number one is the election of a unity ticket for president and vice president of the United States in 2008, headed by a woman and or man from each major party, or by an independent who presents a unity team from both parties. So, they want to solve the problems that they outlined in the first chunk, which, some of those problems on the face, I could agree with. no, the major parties reflect the aspirations, fears, or will of the majority of Americans. Probably true. Most Americans don't vote; they don't feel like they are represented appropriately by the Republicans and Democrats. So there's some thoughts in there that that I agree with. But to suggest that the solution to the problem is to combine the two parties, what are what? Who's behind this group? Goal number two is for the people themselves to pick that unity ticket in the first half of 2008 via a virtual and secure online convention in which all American voters will be qualified to vote. Goal three, our minimum goal is to effect major change and reform in the 2008 national elections by influencing the major parties to adopt the core features of our national agenda. With a group of voters who comprise at least twenty percent of the national electorate, we feel confident that our voters will decide the two thousand eight election.
1: It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty ballsy statement. Yeah, on it, their um, part. I don't know. It, it 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 seems like somebody's idea that seemed like a good idea that uh, probably isn't going to go anywhere after two thousand eight. It seems like somebody's idea has gone
0: way too far. I mean, they've apparently got kids out working the polls for this group, and I'm wondering how they're you know how they're spreading their message. How is it that they're managing to recruit people to this absolutely silly and ludicrous idea? I mean, if they want to go and give this a shot, then more power to them. I'm certainly, I'm not going to stand in their way. But, you know, it brings me to another point. They're trying to influence. They want to create their own party at best, but at, at least they would like to influence the direction of the politics of each of the major parties to be more like their platform, whatever that is. I've yet to explore that part of the site. But that means that you've got um the unity people also trying to influence both the republicans and, and democrats and i i just want to bring this up in regards to the republican liberty caucus a group that you're quite a a, a fan of i'm a member and I, and i understand that they're useful to to an extent certainly to perhaps maybe convert some existing republicans over to more libertarian ideas i like that but the republican liberty caucus's stated um purpose is to influence the politics of the republican party from the inside Unfortunately, now they're going to be going up against this Unity 08 group. I mean, you've essentially you've got different groups, and who knows what other caucuses there are there. You've got all these different groups competing for control over the Republican Party, and I guess also in, in the Democrat Party as
1: well. And I just wonder if it's all just a waste of their all of their time. Well, um, I don't think that there's much that can be done for national politics. What do you mean? That's my opi- well, my opinion is and national politics is pretty much, you know. Uh, <laughs> The government's so big and spending so much money that there's no way that the American people can stop it from its crash course and just getting bigger and bigger and spending more and more money until some at some point or another. Um, you don't think it can be stopped now? You're sort of changing your viewpoint here, Mark. Well, the only way that I think that it can be stopped is by a good example to the people of you know, libertarian ideas working. The Free State Project. I think that the Free State Project is the only hope. Hour
0: number three on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Your experiences from the polls today. Did you see anything interesting while you were out there voting? It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number three of the Tuesday edition. It's Ian here with and Mark. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features you'll find are completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. We stumbled across some information about a movement that, I hadn't even heard of until tonight, last hour, Mark, and I'm still sort of interested in, in exploring what exactly it's about. They call themselves Unity 08, and one of our listeners stumbled across a couple of their supporters today at the uh, the polls, and uh, Johnson has since sent me a few interesting links about this particular group, um, though the group itself isn't really too interesting. It's just to sort of recap what they want, or what their goals are, and what their their reason for existing is is that they believe the american people are tired of the republicans and democrats okay yeah okay i agree with that part i think most people are tired sick and tired of the same old crap that they get from the republicans and democrats fine you got me so far but then their solution to the perceived problem is to create a new party that will be made up of republicans and democrats huh That's their concept, Mark. Can't we all just get along? That's what, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They they want uh, the election. Their number one goal, to recap here, is the election of a unity ticket for president and vice president of the United States in 2008, headed by people from each major party, or by an independent who presents a unity team from both parties. Why even bring an? Why even bring the word independent in there? If you want the the team, team to be, be made up both parties right of, yeah a republican and a democrat now way back in the day in, uh when this country was founded when there was a presidential race um wouldn't there, there wasn't uh it wasn't done the same as i recall there was when you elected a president the vice president was of the other party wasn't that the case that's how it used to for be. a long time right? right so if that's where they're going with this okay interesting but Weren't vice president and president um, – how did it work? Did they elect the president, and then whoever won the opposite party was elected into the vice president? My understanding was
1: the guy who got the second amount of votes was the vice president, but maybe it just worked that way generally. Hmm. Yeah. What do I know?
0: If you can answer uh, that one for us, 800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line.
1: There must have been something wrong with that system. I I'd
0: I don't know the new ground broken in meeting our goals will include new this is their, from their website, Unity 08. Uh, that will include new choices for voters, new opportunities for candidates, and new uses of modern technology as well. In pursuing our goals, we'll follow both the law in every instance and seek the opinion of the Federal Elections Commission to interpret the law where we're breaking new ground. In fact, we're currently seeking an FEC advisory opinion to guide our early decisions. We are not looking to build a new and permanent party. That might happen, but our objective is to fix the old parties. Oh, Stop. Just give up on them. I mean, this is just as pointless as the, the Republicans and Democrats coming in and saying, look, our objective is to fix this government. I mean, that's what they've been saying for decades. We're going to fix this government. Just elect us. Look, Just elect Democrats this time, folks. The Republicans have screwed it up, and we're going to
1: fix this government. We won't abuse our power, and we won't grant favors to our friends and punish our enemies like we've done before. We won't spend all your money on silly social programs. Vote for us this time.
0: A unity ticket in office for one term or even taking part in just one election can bring new ideas, new integrity, and new leaders to the fore. We will not waste time assessing blame, Both parties and all of us who have been active in them share responsibility for the current political morass. We hope instead to return the focus of our politics and policy to the common good. Those ideas and traditions which unite and empower us as individuals and as a people. Ugh, can I rinse my mouth out after reading all this gobbledygook? What a bunch of feel-good crap. But it gets better. Unity 08 on the issues. Because you must be wondering, I mean, in a in a group that has a goal of uniting the two parties together... Where do they stand on the issues? What could they possibly have to say about the issues? Well, get this. It's a whole lot of uh, nothing. In fact, this entire page has been just a, a whole lot of nothing. Let's get the parties together so they can work together. Unity 08 divides issues facing the country into two categories, Mark. Crucial issues, on which America's future safety and welfare depend, and important issues, which, while vital to some, will not, in our judgment, determine the fate or future of the United States. Now, if this group hasn't marginalized itself yet, in your mind, as far as how pointless their existence is, what they say is crucial certainly will. Here we go. In our opinion, crucial issues include global terrorism, our national debt... Our dependence on foreign oil, the emergence of India and China as uh, strategic competitors and or allies, nuclear proliferation, global climate change, the corruption of Washington's lobbying system, the education of our young, the health care of all, and the disappearance of the American dream for so many of our people. By contrast, sounds like all the issues. Oh, but listen to what they consider important issues. Remember, those were the... Crucial issues. Well, there's so many of them, I don't see how we'd ever get to any of the important issues. By contrast, we consider gun control, abortion, and gay marriage important issues, worthy of debate and discussion in a free society, but not issues that should dominate or even crowd our national agenda. In our opinion, since the disintegration of the Soviet Union, our political system seems to have focused more attention on the important issues than the critical issues, or the crucial issues. One one result, the political parties have been built to address the interests of their base, but have failed to address the realities that impact most Americans. I don't think that these people actually understand uh, what most Americans want. Now, I don't presume to understand what most Americans want, but I'll take a shot. I think most Americans want to get government out of their lives. Polling numbers back me up on that. It's That much is true. When you ask Americans if they've had enough government,
1: most Americans want to reduce the size of government. Uh, they want to reduce the size of government, but – and, you know, really, that's it. But um, they all have uh, an issue or two that's important to them, and they feel the government's going to solve that issue.
0: Right, and the idea that this unity group is going to be able to get the Republicans and Democrats to somehow come together on what they outlined as their crucial issues is nutso. And secondly, they're going to alienate a huge chunk of Americans by ignoring the important issues, as they call it. You ignore gun control, you ignore abortion, gay marriage, these divisive issues.
1: I consider the gun control to be the most important issue that one can vote on.
0: So you're not going to vote for unity? Uh, No, I wouldn't have voted for unity anyway. Indeed. So good luck to them. We'll see how they work out.
4: I don't predict much success for them. Let's
0: continue with the calls here. Let's talk to Charlie in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
4: Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm calling. Uh, I'm
0: John's friend, Charlie. Oh, come on, John. You only co- get one one call every night. There were a
4: couple of very important points on this. Uh, Th-
0: that I this can't was- let you get away with it. Sorry, John. See you. 800-259-9231. I understand. Um,
1: Wanting to get the point yeah. across, it just, you know, it, you can't let one yeah, person... can't uh, let
0: it happen. Yeah, I just can't do it. All right. 800-259-9231 is the packet eight toll-free line. Yeah, write it down and have somebody else call. That'll yeah that you know or call tomorrow night. I mean we do the show six nights a week. It's, mm, can certainly talk about so it. So you could have six calls per week, and we won't restrict you from that. Nope. Okay. Yeah, now the reason why that that, uh, that rule came about, by the way, was back in the, the original days of Free Talk Live when we were just a local show. Uh, we had some more young people listening, and they were really likely to continue calling and calling and calling, and we just had to put a stop to it. In fact, in the old days, it used to be two calls per night, but then we uh, have since reduced that even further. Because, especially in a busy night where the calls are, you know, the calls are coming in like crazy, not happening tonight. But when when that does happen, that's even it, then it's even more important to keep it to one call per
1: night. Right? It's it's tough in so- instances like this where, um, well, you know, it'd be just as easy to take uh, John's second call as not, and um, he probably has some really great points on what we're talking about. But, you know, you got the rule, you got the rule, and it, we got to be a national level show, and there that's you go. Done. All right, so eight hundred two
0: five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet eight toll free line, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Enough of this unity oh eight crap. We're gonna go over to Bombay, India, and talk about child labor. Is it a bad thing? We'll explore. A lot of people think so. A lot of people think we need laws to protect the chillins. We'll explore the issue and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Izzy in here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features you will find are completely free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. The controversial, apparently, Shrine of Female Listeners. Still a a conversation going on on the bulletin board system about how it's supposedly demeaning to women, which I think is absolutely ludicrous, and an insult to those ladies that have taken the time to send us their shrine photos. Deeply insulting. Yeah. I think really what it is is the woman who... um, suggested and there's been a couple of them now that have chimed in mm-hmm. that it's uh that it's demeaning. I think they're just angry that not all women think the way that they do.
1: Right, and that's what it is. It's saying that um you know if you don't think like me, you're wrong. Yep. And that's
0: wrong. So, visit the shrine and see what it's all about. You'll find that it's anything but demeaning. shrine.freetalklive.com that is uh, there've been dozens of ladies that have sent us their photo on a voluntary basis. Proving that they listen to the show. It's validated. You'll see what I mean. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And also, register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. February 23rd to the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. freestateproject.org slash forum to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash forum. So, let's go to India and Bombay. Talking about kitties and working, because people say that kids shouldn't be able to work. That's why we have child labor laws here in the United States. Federal law, I believe, prevents people from under the age of 14 uh, from working, and many there, I think there are state laws that have some pretty onerous regulations that are applied to 14- and 15-year-old workers, and I believe there are federal laws applied to them as well. Basically, if you're under the age of 16, it's tough to get a job in America. Some places will hire 14- and 15-year-olds, but most of them don't even bother because they don't want to jump through those uh, those regulations. And so it, it's an issue here, but it's a bigger issue in Bombay, India. According to Forbes.com, at the crack of dawn on Tuesday, 12-year-old Artie and her friends set out as usual from their homes in East Delhi slums to a neighboring residential area where they work as maids. Some of the girls had heard rumors of India's new ban on child labor. Gotta protect the children, Mark. Of course. Which can't have the, uh, the children getting taken advantage of. You God know, these, knows. These are the excuses these lawmakers make. They can't help their family. Which prohibits people from hiring children under the age of 14 as domestic servants or workers in places like hotels and tea shops. Artie, who gives her earnings to her mother every month to help meet household expenses, is scared that if the law is implemented, it might mean no food on the table for her and her siblings. That's worth it, right? And we want to protect the kids. We, they shouldn't have to work. So we'll just make just it starve so they can't them to eat. death. In, a, in millions of families across India, children like Artie go out and work at, uh, work at odd jobs to supplement the meager income that their uneducated parents earn. Although India's laws already ban the employment of children in hazardous jobs like mines and factories, there are thousands who continue to do even that work. Human Rights Watch estimates that there are between 60 and 115 million child laborers in India. Activists in the field say just passing a law will do little to change the situation. These children don't start working at an early age out of choice, says documentary filmmaker so-and-so, Ms. Panda. They do it so they can get a day's meal. Well, sweetie, that's choice. I mean, it's still a choice. You can They could choose to go and steal stuff. Right, they could choose... Not to eat and starve to death. They could choose to go and eat uh, grass or cow dung or something, but they've chosen to work because they realize that that's the best option out there for them and their families. He adds, "Quote: The government should first ensure that their needs of food, housing, and education are met." Yes, because these despotic ruling governments in the middle uh, in uh, Asia, what is that? Central Asia, India. These uh, despotic governments in Central Asia really, really care about the uh, the children, right? They're they're going to be able to just ensure that all of the children in the in the country are are fed. In fact, why don't we just let the government control all of the food in India, and then they can just uh, parcel it out to whomever they deem uh, that worked really well in Russia, right, right?
1: Food lines, people standing in line all day just to be able to get bread that ran, that ran out uh, in the morning time. You know, I, I worked. I, I got a job when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I sort of fell into the job um admittedly it was uh and it wasn't a difficult job you I, fell in cuz someone pushed
0: you some some boss who just wanted to use you didn't he no didn't he really shoved work that way. you into the job
1: well um i was uh lord a slave by the promise of comic books oh so i there was a comic book store that i went mm-hmm. to regularly i i didn't have a, a lot to do after school and and i really liked comic books so i right. went to a comic book store i was 12 that explains things um and I would hang out there because the people would talk to me, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, you're uh, a comic book geek. Yeah, that's, that's what I was. It was a cool place to hang out for you. And uh, one day I was hanging out there, and a guy who worked there said, "I'll give you a comic book if you go down to the drugstore a little ways and mm-hmm. bring me a soda." And um, sweet, pretty soon, that was a hell of a deal it was, you know, the, the next Saturday, because he was stuck in there on a Saturday, the next Saturday, I was hoping for the same thing. <laughs> and I got it. And then Excellent. pretty soon, um, everybody was like, yeah, this works. We can get stuff from stores. He'll, like, run things, you know, go get things for us for a comic book. For a comic book. And I was happy to do it. You sure. Know? And then, um, well, why don't you file these comic books in alphabetical order? I could handle my ABCs at 12. Yeah. Private school, you know. <laughs> um, and I did that, and I got paid, and... Pretty soon I was paid in comic books. comic paid in comic books. Okay. And pretty soon I was uh, I had a schedule. I would come in Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from. Uh, Little did you realize you were being. Three thirty to five thirty. Taken advantage of. Yeah, that didn't really happen to me there. No, I had a good time and I got a lot of comic books. But they
0: took advantage of you. They didn't pay you. Um. Well, they paid cash. Me. They didn't pay you in cash.
1: Well, this is an outrage. But I went there willingly every single day. Well, every That's other day. because
0: you were being taken advantage of, and you didn't know it. That what? scumbag, who does he think he is, asking children?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a woman. So you know, anyway, that wench. <laughs> so anyway, they would, uh, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from three thirty to five thirty, I would go in there and work for comic books. Um, I got three dollars an hour in comic book money mm-hmm. that I could then spend on any comics I wanted. This was I in wanted. the eighties, right? This was in the 80s, right? And I For three had, bucks an hour. Then and was. I worked there until I was 18. From 12 to 18, I was so taken advantage wow. of that I worked there from 12 to 18 and got, you know, I at 15 I started getting paid in cash. Mm-hmm. Um, that I still had credit left over from when I was 12 to 15 oh, working there. That's how many, you know, dollars in comic books mm-hmm. that I got because I re- just really wanted to be there. That's where I wanted to be, and they paid me to be there. What it did your mom awesome. think about it? Um, she thought that it was a good thing, and uh, she didn't want me to be bothering them too much, so she set up the schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 3.30 to 5.30 because she didn't want me to bother them.
0: Every day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were being awfully nice for you, to you, and and you were helping them, and that's great.
1: I still talk to them. They're yeah. some of my best
0: friends. Right, and th- I w- that's where I was going to go with it because the, one of the guys, or the guy that, I guess, owned, co-owned the mm-hmm. store with the, the lady... Um, He now does a radio show in, in the area, the mm-hmm. uh, the Bradenton area. They're still married. And um, you are still in contact with him. Yep. And you and he have, uh, have gotten together on a number of occasions. You've come on his show, and mm-hmm. this was a relationship that all started because you were taken advantage of. And, of course, I'm kidding when I say those yeah. things. I don't mean that at all. Kids are able to make decisions for themselves. And, I knew I liked being at the comic book store. And if it was a bad deal for you... If they screwed you out of some of the, the comic books that you were supposed to get, you probably wouldn't have stuck around for much longer, would you? No, I mean, I didn't have to go. But let's continue talking about what's happening in India with this new child labor ban. Because it's absolutely outrageous that governments around the world are telling kids, You can't work! You can't learn how to make money. You can't learn good work ethic at an early age. That's what this comes down to. More on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet A toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features you'll find are free, including the archives right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Not a couple days' worth of the show. An entire year's worth of Free Talk Live awaits you at freetalklive.com, all for free. As we go to the phones and to the fun, we're talking about child labor. The people that are proposing child labor laws, the proponents of these laws, believe that children are being taken advantage of by these unscrupulous employers, when in fact that's absolutely not the case. Kids are learning uh, how to get along in the workplace. They're maturing Probably faster as a result of this. I got to say that because when I started working at 16, because I'd already had some experience running a register at my mom's store uh, before that, I was much better at the job that I that my first real job that I got and as a result of entering the workforce at an early age when many of my friends didn't get their first jobs until 18 or uh, you know late 17 or early 18 they didn't
1: know anything about working until then I think I matured at a much much faster rate as a result I've got to say that um I learned some some lessons about work ethic and uh, what it takes to be a good employee yeah. by working at that comic book store and um you know lessons that they did not teach me at school and they still don't teach those. I mean, the schools
0: claim that they want to create good workers, right? That's the point of the government school system. But even then, they still don't really teach you uh, how to have a job and uh, how to be an effective uh, employee. I want to go to the phones, and we're going to continue the story about India that apparently has just passed a new ban on child labor. We're going to explore it a little further. But first, we go to Eddie in Ohio. You're listening uh, to Free Talk Live. Hello, Eddie. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind?
6: Oh, it was uh you're talking about uh working when you're a kid, well I'm forty three years old. Yeah. And from the age of seven to nine years old. Seven. Seven. I had a newspaper route, mm. the West Side Sun News. And then from the age of ten How many 30, how many
1: uh uh homes on your route?
6: Well I I'm not quite sure. I, I knew we did I did two streets and I did it once a week because mm-hmm. it was, just came out every Thursday. That's awesome. So that was a very exciting for me to go collect the money. Yeah. And oh, so you'd actually of,
0: have to go for, uh, to the houses each time and, and collect.
6: Yeah, knock on the door. And Not they, each time, like to like to collect.
0: I see monthly. Okay.
6: Yeah, and then uh, from the age of ten to thirteen, I had the Cleveland Press route, and that was six days a week. You delivered it in the afternoon. Wow. And then at the age of thirteen, till I was fifteen, I worked at Gastown Gas Station. and made a dollar an hour, and that was the most money I ever made. And I thought that was great. How
0: did how do you feel looking back on it comparing your experience to maybe some of your friends that didn't start working until their uh their you know their teenage years? Uh, do you feel like you uh,
6: you, you learned had an the value of money when you're young like that? Because if if you don't work when you're young, you really don't realize how tough it is to make money sometimes. Yeah. And then the kids get spoiled and just think mom and dad's supposed to take care of them.
0: Which is what we were talking about earlier tonight with the helicopter parents hovering over their kids all the way into college and into their first jobs. I mean, this is crazy, this babying that we have of, of kids today
6: in America. Yeah, so then when they're 22 years old, they finally get their first job and they're having anxiety attacks because they don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, then I, by the age of 22, I'd already been working for 15 years.
1: <laughs> now, right on. Now, Eddie, um, when did you get your first car?
6: Um, I was 18.
1: And uh, how much? My dad
6: your, didn't want me to have a car till I was eighteen. I was a little wild Did you buy
1: it or did he buy it?
6: Oh, I bought it. I paid four hundred dollars. Well, it was four hundred and fifty dollars. I was fifty dollars short, so my grandfather gave me the extra fifty bucks. It was a '73 Ventura. Sweet.
0: <laughs> you know how would that feel? Oh, it felt good. I loved
6: it. It's your
1: car. You own it. I never have never loved a vehicle like I loved my '142s Volvo that I paid. You know, I think it was nine hundred dollars for something mm-hmm. like that used. It was a piece of crap. Yeah. But it was mine because I paid for right.
6: it. Um, I The best car I had was a seventy-seven Pontiac Grand Am or Grand Prix. I mean, I know. paid seven hundred dollars for that back in eighty-five or whatever.
0: And you know what really bugs me today is driving down. Uh, I don't see it as often because there just aren't as many high schools around here where we're at. But I used to we used to, I used to drive down drive past the high school. And look over and see all these BMWs and Porsche's and all these expensive vehicles that obviously in SUVs obviously mommy and daddy paid for little baby's vehicle and he could drive himself to school. Oh
6: he's <laughs> so cute in the I SUV. Must admit- when I was 30, my father
1: actually got me a car. Oh, you spoiled brat. <laughs> you, you know, but it, nothing makes me angrier than seeing a 16-year-old in a, a brand-new BMW. Driving it just freaks me out. Resin. Eddie, thank you for the
0: call. Right, we here. appreciate the story. 800-259-9231, your even... stories of uh, how you were exploited as a child. The packet a toll-free line is 1-800-259-9231.
1: I didn't even think of paper routes, but paper routes are an excellent example. You had one. I did not, know. I thought you had one. No, no. I, I did deliver a few papers um, okay. with my uh, nephew. He's older than I am, okay. if that makes any sense to you. Um, when Up in Indiana, when he went on his route, I would help him with it, so I have an understanding of what they're I like, think. but I never had my own. Um, paper routes are great because um, they're a great use because older people have had them, mm-hmm. but they don't exist anymore for young kids. This for the is, most part, no, yeah. Yeah, this is no. just another um, – it's just showing once more that – they don't want kids to work. They don't want them to well, have no, money. Wait they a The newspaper to, to industry
0: is just different. I mean, it's just changed. It's it's dying.
1: I I would agree with right. that, but uh, and the you know houses are farther apart. Distribution kind of has
0: changed. Anyway, I wanted to jump back to these spoiled little brats. And I think Eddie was making a great point. I mean, he had worked for 15 years by the time he was in his his early twenties. I mean that's just tremendous whereas and he's absolutely right. where there are kids today. remember when we moved into this uh, the house we moved into up here, Mark, these uh, irresponsible brats that were living here essentially? Well, I mean these kids don't know what uh, the world is like. They don't know what the working uh, world is is about. They've just probably gotten their first jobs within the last year, and they're pro- they're 19 and 20.
1: I don't I mean, know if if I knew so much more at their age than they did by having a job, but I think that it did. I, I think I personally help, help me value better. my money. I think not only did
0: I understand money because my parents had encouraged me to save my money because they wouldn't buy crap for me when I was a kid, and thank goodness they they raised me that way. So I had always sort of understood and valued money, but I absolutely think that I had an edge over uh over other kids my age when I was 18, 19 and 20 because I had been working uh for a few years before a lot of other people that that were my age when when, uh, when the kids these days are out partying and drinking and you know hanging out I was working I was working on Friday and Saturday nights when everybody else was out having a good time well I was having a good time at my job uh dealing with customers and earning money and saving it away. And now what have I got to show for it? I've got the national radio show, and they're just getting out of college.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I think that... Uh, I you, think it absolutely did increase my maturity level. Absolutely. I, I think that you're an unusual dude in general. Um, I, You know, I went well, out... I did the things that were unusual. I went out on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, I stayed, you know, I worked Um, from, I don't know, 3 to... 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. every Friday and then all day Saturday, and then I'd go out afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I did save my money then. I'm not so great at saving my money now. I have money in the bank, but um, yeah, I still don't, I don't know if it teaches all those things, but certainly it put me a leg up. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, having a job doesn't teach you how to save money. No, not at all. But I think it does increase maturity, especially if you started at an earlier age, because you're dealing with adults, you're learning how to handle customers, and that takes a certain level of maturity.
1: If you're I, working with people. I would say that that's true. Um, you also, I, the most important lesson of um, jobs is getting there on time. Yep, it's Im- so important. And for whatever reason, it was important to get to school on time. But I think that the the whole punishment thing as far as school didn't. That's what where. It, yeah. That's where it sort of dropped for me, because um, eh, it was voluntary to go to work and. I learned that I had to be there on time, so in
0: India, there's a new law that prevents kids from under the age of fourteen working as domestic servants or workers in places like hotels and tea shops, and we're talking about one particular young uh young lady uh, Arty. uh according to let's see the uh let's see oh government bureaucrat first, the government should first ensure that their needs of food, housing, and education are met. He says that the unless the government attempts to rehabilitate the children, they'll end up without any means to survive. People who employ children say the same thing. Leitha Nair, a schoolteacher who hires Artie to wash dishes and clean her house, says, I ensure she gets food to eat and money to take home each month. If nobody employed her, she'd probably be begging on the streets. And I can tell you that it probably would be worse than begging. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. What's going to befall these young ladies if they can't get real work? Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, and this is the Tuesday edition of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Toll free number 800 259 9231. That's the Packet 8 toll free line 800 259 9231. Want to know if you were taken advantage of as these fools that are advocating uh, more and more restrictions and laws on so called child labor uh constantly claim that oh kids can't decide where they're going to work they can't make these decisions for themselves well in the case of uh it's not so much the case here in America because we're so much more wealthy than uh India but in India this is kind of a bit of a throwback to what America was like when it's, it was in its uh the you know the height of the industrial revolution uh we weren't as wealthy and families needed to make ends meet and in many cases, that meant kids had to go out to work. Right. And same thing in India. But, whoa, the, the do-gooding politicians have stepped in to put a stop to this child labor by enacting a child labor ban. On kids under the age of 14 doing uh, household, uh, activity, household jobs, domestic servant-type work in places like hotels and tea shops. People who, uh, let's see, so some employers were treading delicately on the first day of the ban. Shops in New Delhi's markets posted signs announcing they do not employ child laborers. Some children who work in small market clothing and food stalls said their employers told them to stay away for a few days. So they're gonna, they're still going to be working under the table at this point. It's just now it's going to be illegal, and the employers that are essentially, they're going to be breaking the law in order to help some kids out because... These guys are still going to want to help these kids. That's what the point of all this is. That's what you know, this, uh, the, the, the lady that they're following here, uh, 12-year-old Artie and her friends, uh, pointing out that this girl works for a, a lady who uh, is a schoolteacher. She hires Artie to wash dishes and clean her house because she cares about the kid. She wants to give the kid an opportunity to make a little bit of money to bring home to her mom so her mom, who's illiterate, can make ends meet. And now we're talking about a government that's going to start, uh, that's going to be preventing this from happening in, in many cases. So this is going to mean that the kids are going to be prevented from working, if they're caught working. The the good people that were trying to give them the jobs are going to be punished because India's government has threatened to punish violators with a year in prison, or a fine of about two hundred dollars, which probably isn't chump change in India. Prime no, minister, uh, the prime minister promised that action would be taken against those who broke the law in a statement. He said. For children released from work, arrangements for providing education have been made by the government in all of the states. Oh, great. Great. Well, thanks so much. But as it points, as the article points out... Are they getting paid to go to school? I don't think so. No, they aren't. But despite the availability of public education, it's unlikely that the parents of child laborers will send their children to school unless they can find other ways to make ends meet. Look, mom and dad are trying to get the bills paid here, and the kids are, are helping in this process. And over time, if the kids aren't going to school right now, over time there are going to be employers, people that care like, these, you know, like the school teacher, like the people that are hiring these kids, that are going to want to see the kids also advance in an educational capacity as well. And I'd like to jump back to what uh, her employer had to say. I ensure she gets food to eat and money to take home each month. If no one employed her, she'd probably be begging on the streets because her family cannot survive without the extra income. And I suggested, Mark, that she'd be doing worse than begging on the streets. It wouldn't take long. And what I'm suggesting, of course, is prostitution. And the reason why is not just that I just happened to think of that. I saw, there was a documentary that uh, my former girlfriend and I had watched together about kids I believe it was India, if not somewhere very close by, about kids in this situation, in a situation with mothers who are just illiterate, uneducated, dad's not around anymore, whatever the bad, bad scene, where mom herself is a prostitute. What do you think that the little daughters are going to be trained to do, if that's the case? If they can't go out and get a real legitimate job, and all they know about is mommy's prostitution gig...
1: Do you think they might just try it out for themselves? Well, I think the good chance is that mom would send them down that path because they I think know you're right. that's how the money's made. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. oh, sorry, sweetie, you're not old enough to have a real job. Guess you're just going to have to spread your legs and hope that you don't encounter a racist, a rapist with a knife. Because that's what's going to happen. That's going to be the consequence, one of the unintended consequences of this law. I would say so. Now, the people that pass this law, they've got good intentions. They want to help the kids. They want to make make sure they get an education. They want to help kids. But that's not what's going to happen. As always with government programs, whenever you pass a government program, no matter how lofty the goals, how wonderful it sounds on its face, there's always a serious set of unintended consequences. And when we're talking about kids being taken advantage of by rapists or Johns or whatever it is that will happen to these kids, we're talking about a tragedy that's uh, that's brewing right now. Yeah, because created of some, by the government's law, right? Because of some do-gooders who think they know what's best for every single person out there in that out there in that country and in every other country with child labor laws. Look, if you get offended when you see a young person working at a job. And how you could be offended by this? I don't know. I I personally am, am pleased when I see a young person running a cash register at a say a family operated business. I used to um I used to go out to eat from time to time at a very nice restaurant that was owned by a couple of friends of mine where we come from back in uh, Florida. And they would sometimes have a young man who was I believe 13, definitely too young to be working according to America's laws, but nonetheless there he was. And uh, he would sit there at this restaurant, and he would play the p- uh, a keyboard, essentially. And he wasn't too bad at it, as a matter of fact. He'd obviously had some training, and he would—it uh, was funny because he would play Queen songs. We are the champ—he wouldn't sing, but he would play the, the tunes, Queen songs, so it was well, kind of— Well, that makes
1: sense at classic rock, bo- classic rock Bob's Restaurant. You
0: knew who I was talking about. Yeah, it had to okay. be. Okay. And— uh, and so I just thought this was just the you know a very neat thing they were giving this young man an opportunity to make some money. He was pretty much getting paid tips. That's it. I mean he had a uh, he had a little um, a, 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 I say little. It was a very large kind of um, chalice. drink container chalice uh, on the the piano, and people would just come up and put dollar bills in there, and that kid would have a full chalice of bills by the end of the night. Well, he was uh, also getting his piano lesson in. I suppose. Well, no, nobody was teaching him. there; He was just practicing. Practice just, is wh- what it takes. Right. And so, so he wasn't half bad. He was dressed very nicely. He fit with the decor of the restaurant. Nice. It didn't offend me that he was a young person at all, and I, obviously other people weren't offended either. They must have all known that he was too young to be working, so-called,
1: but yet his chalice was filled with cash. It's so ridiculous to think that uh, if they did away with the child labor laws in America now that... Kids would ame- it, the the mines would be full of them. You know, all the construction <laughs> crews would be nothing but thirteen year old oh boys.
0: Yeah, then the Hispanics will be complaining because they're uh, lining the construction crews with underage teens.
1: They're undercutting us in pay, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, these kids
0: are working for ninety cents an hour. <laughs> uh, so I feel good when I see kids working like that. In fact, it makes you know you know me, Mark. I'm a cheapskate. Like, I'm a frugal bastard. Yes. But yet, nonetheless... <laughs> putting the M in miser. Nonetheless, you put a kid out there, and I feel like, hey, you know,
1: that kid's working. He's doing a good job. I pulled out a $5 bill one night and gave that kid 5 bucks. Uh, that that amazes me, but it yeah. doesn't amaze me, because, I, I mean, you're a man of your principles, and, and when you see something like that, I would definitely think you would put your money towards it.
0: And I think a lot of other people are that way, too. You know, oh, that's so... Isn't he cute? Let's give him some money. Hey, the kid's making money. Who can disagree with that? Right. His parents obviously know where he is. It's not like he ran away to go work at this restaurant. He's dressed in a suit and tie. So what's wrong with that situation? I mean, really, if you're somebody who thinks that there's a problem with this, I'd really love to hear from you. I mean, we're running out of time, obviously, tonight, but uh, email address is there on the site, though. It is best for you to call. i got to say, for those of you that have emailed in with your suggestions for things to talk about on the show, thank you. It's it's much appreciated. If you don't get a personal response, please don't feel bad. Uh, it's it's just all so backed up, basically at this point.
1: Yeah, Thank it's you. coming to the point where you're going to have to figure out something. About responding to, like, emails. I don't I've already think put be... a note up on the site that says don't expect a response. I just don't think you can respond to them all.
0: No, I, I've already noticed. I mean, I've sent notice. You're probably not going to get a response. But thank you for the submissions. We always read our emails whether or not you actually get a uh, get a reply. But sometimes there are people that email in and say, yeah, I'd like you guys to address this and this and this. And, and really, I'd love to get to these emails and, and address all of your issues. But if you really want Free Talk Live to address an issue, pick up the phone and call in. That's the best way to bring your issue to the forefront, because I can tell you, if you've emailed the show in the last month, your emails are still sitting there with everybody else's emails as I slowly get around to processing through them. It may be three months before your email gets on the air, if at all. So if you want to guarantee that your issue is addressed, participate live on the air in the show. You don't have to be listening live to participate. Just get on the phones and take part, because that's what this show is all about. It's been in here with you. And Mark. All right. We're back tomorrow night, and maybe we'll get some kids in here to uh, take advantage of in the meantime. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. I mean, for a job.
1: 1800flowers.com wants to remind you Thanksgiving is November the 23rd. Try the Harvest Glow Centerpiece from 1-800-Flowers either as a gift or to decorate your table this Thanksgiving. The small is $49.99 and the large is just $59.99. Call, click, or come in for fresh flowers and gourmet gifts delivered same day, any day. Use code FTL to save 10% on your next order. That's FTL for a 10% savings. 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice for the holidays.